Hey, Gavin. Hey, Louie. Happy belated pride, girlina. Look at us both rocking very gay shirts. Very gay shirts. That's what we're here for. The, the gay uh, shirts. We're here for, for the, the gay, gay shirts. shirts. <laughs> the, uh, for our audience who's only listening, so sorry you can't see our gay shirts. We will not be describing them. No, no. Mystery. <laughs> the mystery. We're very mysterious, actually. That's kind of like one of my greatest qualities people say about me. Oh, but, absolutely. But I, I don't I, talk enough. I, I don't give. Re- <laughs> I don't reveal enough of myself online at all. <laughs> my my uh, deepest want is to not be known. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't perceive me, baby, please. No, no, not at all. Definitely. Do not look this way. <laughs> Definitely don't listen to my podcast that I've been doing for five years with my five friend. Five years. Happy Pride. <laughs> Happy Pride. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome the, to The Mixed Reviews. We are a film podcast where we take a film subject such as an actor, director, or mini genre. We take two weeks. We watch as much as we can, read everything we can find, and we spit it all back at you. And we tell you what we like and what we don't like. There's no kink shaming here, so there will be a lot of no. spitting, okay, honey? Oh, yeah. Open okay. those mouths. No kinks at Pride, but they're all here. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, for those of you not seeing the video portion, there's several doggy masks. It's I, 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 I really hate the way that you just, like, really candidly said, open up those mouths, Gavin. You said, I, you know, I'm going to take it there. You're going to take t- it there. <laughs> We're you spitting. started it. You know what? Rules of improv, right? Yes, and, and yes. apparently my and is very open. We're yes, ending the house down, boots, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I, I do love every year, uh, not every year, but every year that we've done a Pride episode, which is not every year. Uh, our Pride episode always comes towards the end of the month, but mm-hmm. honestly, I kind of like it because, in a way, Pride should be every month. We should be able to exist. All year round. Say so what that. I'm doing, you know, we're spreading the pride around a bit, and you get to hear an extended pride moment S- yeah. for all of us. Also, I love that you're like insinuating that like our other episodes aren't just the gayest things ever. Oh, yeah, like, no, every every episode, every episode is a pride episode. Let's yeah, be honest. Let's be very honest. There are a couple episodes where we walk the line into the straight straight verse and we're like I know. We're we're <laughs> we are, we're queering the space, okay. Sometimes we have a guest and they're like, let's talk the Coen Brothers. And we're like, fine. Fine. <laughs> What's the gayest Coen Brothers movie? <laughs> Let me find it. Um, okay, Gavin, before we get into uh, this episode, we have a little bit of old business. Our last episode, we talked about the hot and dangerous, just like Kesha. Oh, my, uh, oh my God. Miss Pam Greer. Miss Pamela Greer. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not religious, mm. but if when I die... And there is a deity, there's mm. some higher force, mm. and they're not in the form of Pam Greer. What's just, the point? Yeah, you'd be very disappointed, I'd say. I'm going to be uh, very disappointed. We asked you guys to go online and vote for your favorite uh, Pam Greer movie, and here are the results. In last place was Fort Apache, The Bronx, with 3%. Uh, Sheba Baby came in at third place with 7%. Coffee coming in hot with uh, 16.7%. And I Jackie see what you Bra- did there. I see, see it. I, I see, see it. I'm a clavore, Sasha clavore. Uh, and then in first place, of course, what else could it be? It is Jackie Brown with 74%. The winner takes it all, honey. And oh, yeah. I mean, and, and, I mean, you know, I mean, there's no question. Chell said Jackie <laughs> Brown will probably win. So I'm going to give some love to Coffee, which honestly, Coffee does deserve love because Coffee is yes. very good. Um, but yeah, yeah Jackie Brown, I- undisputed. I think there's so many good 
in that, I mean, if you look at all of our social videos, I try and put out as many social videos as I can in the lead up to our next episode. And almost all of them have been about her early career. And I think there's so much good stuff in her early career that's so evocative of the time, evocative of the place that we were politically. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I would honestly like, yeah, it's all great. It's all, it's all great. I had so much fun watching yeah. those. You know, some of those movies were shitty. I will yeah. I will say it out yeah. loud, but yeah, but, but silly, but good and like fun yeah. and like so unserious. Or or you know maybe that's not even right the word to say because a lot of them do tackle really heavy subjects like you know uh, drug trafficking and racism right. and like corruption. Um, but they're taking the piss. You know, like. Yeah. They're playing superhero, like, within the community, you know? Like, who's going to save us? Fucking Sheba, baby. All right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what a lovely, lovely subject she was. I'm so glad that, you know, we we did that entire month-long uh, Mar- May Madness, and mm-hmm. I'm so glad that she came out on top. And once again, I, I will admit, she was literally a last-minute addition by me, because I had seven picks from mm-hmm. discussions I'd had with you. And then I was mm-hmm. like, I need an eighth. She persevered. She made it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, and yet we'll... she persists. Yes. It's and we will see those my other... political girlies. <laughs> we will see those other divas, uh, perhaps in future episodes. Thank you, Miss Pam Greer. You're hot as always. Uh, moving on. Oh, and sh- you can check out Cinnamon now on Tubi, by the yes. way. Her her new movie, Cinnamon, just came out on Friday. So The the entire Pam Greer collection is on Tubi. <laughs> it's right. true. Uh, so moving on from Pam Greer, thank you, Gurley, to today's episode, we have a bi-con. Yes. Uh, no, there's no bi-erasure on this little show. Uh, no, no, the re- no. The, re- the reviews are mixed. The sexual sexuality yeah they're mixed also (laughs) they're mixed uh uh, we're talking today about miss anna paquin very exciting she is somebody it is wild to think about the fact that she i mean she's slightly older but not by much the same age essentially that she that she's like when i was watching her in movies i was like experiencing her growing up in the same well, not in the same way, but like in the in the same time period, in the same temporal space. Yes, I mean it's I, wild. I the way that so when I was a child, I would go and um, collect butterflies in the neighborhood because I was a young homosexual, and <laughs> the way that I modeled, so they knew they knew <laughs> the way I modeled my <laughs> collecting of these insects after Little Miss Anna Paquin. And her birds and fly away home. Bitch, I wanted to fucking migrate south too, okay? I wanted... I I was... I I absolutely was just an animal. These poor butterflies (laughs) were like, please leave us alone. Um, Now, normally you ask this question, but I'll pose it to you then. I'm assuming that's the answer. But what was your first exposure to Miss Anna Paquin? Yeah, it was definitely fly away home. And I I rewatched that. I rewatched it today and I was like, my God, this movie works on so many levels because it is like the perfect children's movie. It is about a precocious youngster who feels like an outsider. There's animals. There's like science and like, you know, technology. Like she's fucking flying. Like and it never talks down to its audience. And let me tell you, some of the some of the things 
there's a comparison. I'm going to put a little pin okay. in Flyway Home in comparison to a movie that she was recently in that made me so mad. So, like, I, I think what I agree. Like, that was my, of course, that was my first exposure yeah. to her. Because, once again, same age. So I feel I feel like that was a perfect movie for, like, teachers to put on, like, yeah. during, like, a not work day or whatever. Because it, I remember being like, oh, my God, I'm obsessed with animals. And, like, this chick literally is, ri- like, who did not want a flock of geese following them around? Hello? Right. Like, who did not want to build airplanes with their fathers, like, and fly, like, south? I mean, like, it it, it is somehow both an animal movie and a sports movie and a science movie like it, <laughs> it had everything um it truly did and so like yeah and i think like the next time i saw her probably was like you know obviously a little older um when x-men came out you know and- x-men absolutely that's that's the trajectory like my i same thing except for me it was my babysitter i remember my babysitter mm-hmm. having the vhs to fly away home but x-men let me i am it's a secret i'm a nerd oh wow and who told you that this this may come as a shock and a surprise to everyone in our audience but x-men was like the the movie i had been waiting for like this was what i'd wanted as a kid every episode the x-men cartoon loved it loved it loved it i saw x-men at at least four times in the theater absolutely i rewatched it on saturday with a friend, and I was like, "Oh my god, I know all these lines! Like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, you know, um, it's it's uh, yeah." And and it was interesting to revisit and watch specifically for her because obviously her rogue is very different than the rogue we probably grew up with in the comic books and the TV show. Um, so yeah, and 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 also doing this episode, keeping an eye out, keeping an ear out for her accent work because yeah. uh, it really. Runs the gamut. She she plays a lot of Southern bells. Um, I don't know if she does it well I, or not. We're going to be controversial about that. I'm excited uh, to get into because it, she has such a weird career. You know, she is an yes. Oscar winner. She ha- has been doing drama stuff, superhero stuff, and then a lot of like random like what the fuck is this stuff. Um, it's I don't know if Hollywood f- fully knows what to do with her. Um, yeah, I think she. Def- I think that's true <laughs> i think that she's she's still young she's 40 years old so she still has a lot left to do but like uh yeah she's a little bit of a, a weirdo and i kind of like it so gavin why don't we get into that rewind anna helene paquin i'm pretty sure that's how you say that middle name it's h e with an accent l e with that backward accent n e Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Um, it's hello. Hel- hel- hello. Uh, Anna Helen Paquin uh, <laughs> was born on the 24th of July, 1982. That makes her 40 years old currently, though, coming up on a birthday soon. Yes. She will be 41 soon. Um, she was born in Winnipeg, Manitoba, in Canada. And her mother, Mary, is a New Zealand native uh, who was originally from Wellington. And her father, who is originally from Canada... Brian Paquin, uh, he was a physical education teacher, and her mother was an English teacher. Paquin is the youngest of three children with her brother Andrew, who's a filmmaker, and his name will come up later, and his and her sister Katya, uh, not the drag queen, though. Can you imagine? I can, actually. They have very striking <laughs> bone structure. So her family decides to uproot from Manitoba and move back to Wellington when she's four years old. Um, 
I believe that may- means she has dual citizenship since her parents are from New Zealand and Canada. That, that sounds uh, right. While in New Zealand, you know, having her childhood, being like a normal kid. Um, and her parents hear about uh, an audition for the piano. And I've, I've heard sort of differing reports that she was, she'd like heard about it at school and there was a bunch of girls who went. I've also heard that her sister Katya was auditioning and Anna Please. just went with her and like decided as a whim. Damn. To, Katya, yeah. I'm so sorry, sweetie, girly. <laughs> what is this even? I don't care what I got it. Well, like it's hard. <laughs> um, but director Jane Campion had put a newspaper advertisement out saying that she was looking for this, a child to play this lead role in the piano. Um Paquin's sister, as I mentioned, was the one first one to read the ad. Um, and Paquin was like, Anna Paquin herself was like, well, I can do that. And so basically, as soon as Jane Campion meets Anna Paquin, um, <laughs> she's like, I found her, you know. And what are Anna Paquin's acting credentials at all of like the age of nine? Um, she was a skunk in a school play. The very difficult role to play, very... Absolutely. Just Meisner technique. Misunderstood animal, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. You know, she (laughs) lived as that skunk for months. Smelled horrible. I heard she was texting Sally Field in the voice of that skunk. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. She goes in for this audition. She gives... She reads the monologue, her, her big monologue about Flora's father from the piano. And... Jane Campion's like, it's her. I found mm-hmm. her. And where did they get married? In an enormous forest with real fairies as bridesmaids, each holding a little elf's hand. No, I tell a lie. It was in a small country church near the mountains. Which mountains are those, dear? The Pyrenees. Oh, I've never been there. Mother used to sing the songs in German, and her voice would echo across the valleys. This is out of 5,000 girls. Yeah. Jane Campion picks Anna Paquin. And Jane, um, to be clear, Jane Campion is from New Zealand? Yes. Okay. Um, and I know that we got very quickly into her acting career, but she was acting by the age of nine. Like, li- yeah. literally, we, we there, there's not a lot that happens to a youth unless there's tragedy uh prior to that but that's literally like it's like boom she's born boom she's on the screen boom um, she has an oscar hello yeah the piano is the story of holly hunter she's a woman who is mute uh her husband has died and left her with a, a daughter and she's about to be married off to sam neil um whom she has never met before and sam neil lives sort of in the wilderness of new zealand and she's going to go be brought to him and he's hired uh you know aboriginal guides to bring her to him as well as harvey Keitel, who has is a white man who is now living amongst these aboriginal people as one of them holly hunter communicates through this piano essentially um and harvey Keitel essentially takes the piano and is like i'll give it back to you for piano lessons but that's not what he really wants Mm -mm 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 -mm. that's not the type of fingering he wants to learn (laughs) <laughs> oh see spitting is too much but fingering you're there <laughs> i see i see how it is that's an old band joke okay <laughs> and uh yeah so 
from there you you get i mean you can kind of tell what's what's going to happen from there piano is a very very lovely movie i love that i mean i think jane campion is a genius and we've talked about her a couple times before i think in our nicole kidman episode and uh uh, we we must have mentioned her in like a year in review talking about uh the power of the dog how the dog love jane campion and the fact that she saw you know such potential in this role and i i think uh anna Paquin's so good in the movie i mean that scene that that monologue about her father where she's like making shit up and mm-hmm. and the like look in her eyes and just watching her face scrunch as she's like lying about how her mother met her father and who her father in was. luxembourg yeah, uh, it's my my so favorite. Good. My favorite line delivery she gives is when like, um, Sam Neil's like, "Where is your mother going?" And she's like, "To hell!" <laughs> it's just <laughs> so funny. She's so mad. She's such a little punky, spunky piece, piece <laughs> of shit kid. But she's so so good. She absolutely is, and it's funny because I feel like it's um. Not really the role she's ever really cast in again. Mm-mm. I feel like she's always sort of cast kind of sweeter than than this character. Well, I feel like, you know, this is, I think we should talk about this. Because I do think that um, she is a little bit typecast often as the mysterious girl who smolders. Yeah. She's lo- yeah. She does smolder very well. And then, you know, eventually she'll have an outburst you know we see that happen in margaret we see that happen. i mean x-men um you know she's just like the quiet shy girl who she does a lot with her eyes and face yeah i mean like in the irishman where she famously has no fucking lines at all she's she, seven lines she's seven just, words i think actually. like she's just like you know using a lot of like face and in this movie there's moments where you know the men are talking to holly hunter and her and she's just like kind of like looking up at her mom, like it's like what the fuck, you know. She <laughs> she she is a very good physical actress, um, and I think that is very clear from this debut performance. Um, it, it is very physical role. I mean, she's nine fucking years old, but you know she she emotes very well. Yeah, I uh, yeah, she's she's just so good, and obviously we're not the only people who think that because that year at the Academy Awards. The 1993 Academy Awards, to be exact, she wins Best Supporting Actress uh, at the age of 11. I'd like to thank the Academy for the honor of letting me be here today. I'd like to thank Jane, Jan, and Holly for making this all possible. And I'd like to thank Eddie Campbell, Pat Quirk, and, and Beanie for taking such good care of me during the making of the film. She's the second youngest person to ever win the Oscar in Oscar history, right behind Tatum O'Neill. And, she, you know, she beats out uh, Holly Hunter for The Firm, funny enough, um, Rosie Perez, Emma Thompson, who we previously talked about on an episode, and Winona Ryder for The Age of Innocence, which is a performance I genuinely love. It's and- wild. Holly Hunter, double nominee that year? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fucking love her. Oh, when's her episode, so Kevin? I I mean, soon. It's got to so happen, it, I feel like. It simply like. must. Um, yeah, it's wild. I mean, she she went from playing a skunk in school to an Oscar winner. That's a gag. So she's like, okay, that was fun. Um, and her family's like, cool, we're done. 
Like we're not right. gonna. You I, know, I, th- th- I read that like, they did. They didn't think like it was gonna. Like it took a small little indie film. Like yeah, and and I read was reading like the movie was made like pretty cheaply. It goes on to make like over a hundred forty million dollars in nineteen ninety two. Yeah. Like that's fucking wild against like a budget of I don't know like ten million dollars or whatever. Like what people were obsessed with this piano. Yeah, the family's like we're we're not doing this anymore. And she gets some jobs doing some commercials. She does a couple commercials. Funny enough, in Canada, in Manitoba, but it's really not anything that she sees. You know, becoming her future. She goes back to school. She starts getting secondary education. Her parents actually end up divorcing at the age mm-hmm. of twelve. And then I don't know what the the spark of it is, but. She decides, I'm. I'll take it up again. I'll, Surprise, I'll do this bitch. thing. But you thought <laughs> yeah. you'd see the last of me. And like, I I will say this: she won an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's hard to win an Academy Award, especially at such a young age, and then be like, "No, not for me." Yeah, my life is you normal, know? actually. Yeah. Um, also, the other thing that I, I did want to touch on before we really move into her other movies. Um, I've noticed, and this is just an observation, I may be wrong, I feel like she doesn't really like talking to the press. Mm-hmm. Or or if when she does, it's a little like, why am I doing this? Yeah. You, like, and I think a lot of that, in perfect honesty, ex- like, extends from when she won the Academy Award. Because I found, uh, like, basically almost a montage of all these different people interviewing her after winning, like right after winning the Academy Award. And they're all asking the same fucking dumb questions. Um, pretty heavy, actually. <laughs> Is that a heavy Oscar? Yes. But was it fun? Yeah, it's actually quite fun. <laughs> was it fun winning? Yes. And you were 11 when you won your Oscar. I was. Do you still think about that moment? I mean, when people like you ask me about it, I do. I guess a media circus is exhausting for any human being, but for an 11-year-old, fuck this. That's what I like about her. She's such a specific, I think even at that age, she's such a specific person. And this goes back to what you were saying about, like, it's, I don't I don't know if it's the easiest to cast her because she is, she's a very singular type. Yeah. And it's hard to just kind of throw her into any role. Like, the role has to almost has to meet certain criterias for her to be able to perform in it. Right. I mean, I I was thinking like, you know, she kind of is in the Winona Ryder lane, kind of in the Hillary yeah. Swank lane, because they're very strong, silent type women, but like severely beautiful, you know? Um, yes. And, and she is, she is absolutely beautiful. And I think what's great about her is she looks like, even though she is very thin and she's got that very glowing skin, she looks like a like a real person. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like she's like never had her teeth done. Yeah. Um, and she's I think normal. that's she's giving normal. Yeah, she's giving normal. And it's great because it's just like it's good to see like yeah. just a, a beautiful human being. Um, the next thing she does is Jane Eyre, where she plays young Jane Eyre in the first half an hour of it. Everyone, if you've listened to the show any number of times at all, you know that I fucking hate child actors. Anna Paquin is the best of them all. Yeah. She is so natural. It is astounding 
how at ease she is and how emotionally mature she feels on um on the screen and it might just be because also she's like you know obviously the piano is a very well-made movie um and like how do you fuck up jane Eyre? but like it (laughs) (laughs) but you know like she's she sounds so intelligent and it's just wild because she's such a tiny little human um but yeah i i i there there's the um anna paquin exception for my hate of child actors well, that's good because the next movie is literally the lead role in Fly Away Home. Um, as we sort of mentioned up top, Fly Away Home is about a young girl whose mother dies in a car accident. It's funny, the producers actually decided to tailor the role around her because right. they ha- they were like, well, there's nothing to say that she couldn't be from New Zealand. Right. Um, but she, her mother dies in a car accident that she's also in and, and Jeff Daniels plays her estranged father and he takes her in and he's leading to Canada. Yeah, exactly. Her life story. It's literally her life story. um, And he's leading this whole life with a girlfriend and, you know, his Dana Delaney. Oh my God. We as a society failed Dana Delaney. As I was watching, I was like, you know what? We need more Dana Delaney in all of our things. She is so good. So beautiful. One of our best redheads. And and speaking of like people who seem like a real woman, like just yes! like a real person, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that actually. Like she's got a very Anna Paquin quality about her, where maybe that's the reason why she's like such a specific find that it was harder for her to right. Hollywood and, but doesn't any, know what to do with them. Yeah, exactly. Which you you will see later in Anna Paquin's career. Um, but essentially, Anna Paquin finds these baby geese and takes them in. And the local government's like, well, we, you know, if you're going to keep them, we got to clip their wings. And she's like, no, I I want my geese to lead a full life to actually. And Mm -hmm. so her father comes up with this scheme to teach them to fly south for the winter. And because he's like a crazy inventor sculptor guy. What's funny is I, I forgot that this is LOL based on a true story. Yes. Um, But it's not about a little girl. It's about the, the guy is the real part like this man did exist there was no little girl there was no daughter he right wanted to teach geese how to migrate um with his like homemade fucking planes and shit um and uh but yeah i i think like she is very good in this as well i think i mean she just is she is the the perfect avatar for every like 90s kid you know um the movie is very sweet, um, so fun. I want a team of geese. She names them all. Um, also, fuck the government. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, I was say I was thinking like, oh man, if my sister watched this movie now, she'd be like, you really should not be stealing fucking like eggs from nature <laughs> and like raising geese yeah, as your own. <laughs> I mean. You know, maybe that maybe she's like slightly irresponsible, but she's also like twelve. So, we're gonna detach from reality and let the girl <laughs> teach these fucking geese how to fly. And it's so funny because, like, technology-wise, some of this movie really holds up and some of it does not. I think there's certainly some rear projection shots of Miss Paquin flying the plane that look so bad. But then there's some gorgeous shots of, like, the these, you know, small single-engine airplanes flying through, like, Manhattan that yeah. I was just like, oh, this looks so cool. Like, Yeah, gorgeous. There's, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's such a 90s movie also. There's, like, sweeping balladry, you right. know. Right, oh, yeah. 
they're, um, they're- I, I, I will say, because you were earlier like, it's a perfect kids movie, and, and I was like, and one of the things that I like about it is it doesn't talk down to its audience. Um, that opening sequence is actually really dramatic because it is a it is a car crash from first person perspective. Yeah. So that you are the camera, you get mm-hmm. to experience, and yeah, Anna Paquin clearly survives, but it's like it's kind of a really dark way to begin yeah. a kids movie where it's like, and here's what being in a car accident is like, and here's what it's like to be rolled into an ambulance. Right. And there's a moment in when she first um, realizes that her dad is like making these planes and flying and he crashes and they don't even have she doesn't say it like she's really scared and she doesn't want to like fuck around with him in his planes. And I was like, oh, they're not even going to have a moment being like, well, my mom just died in a fucking car crash. Why the fuck right. are you flying planes? <laughs> right, right. And, and like and for him, it's like, LOL, like I crash all the time. You didn't think I could fly, did you? What do you think? I wouldn't go and brag about it. Oh, well, that's, that's actually a pretty good landing for me. And Dana Delaney is <laughs> the one who has to say, like, hey, you know, you know that you fail all the time. She does not know that. Like, you know, so right. you got to really fucking pump the brakes, buddy. On the real life front, she has said, because once again, we're talking about a real human being, a real person who's living her real life. She's going to high school in between all of this. When you're 12 and you do a family movie about geese, and then you're like 14 by the time the movie comes out and people just make fun of you at school because you're making weird noises at geese, it takes a little bit of the fondness away from it because then you're just an awkward teenager. There's a lot of movie where she's like, honk, 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 ga, ga, ga. Like, like it's just that. And like you're like, oh, that's kind of cute, I guess. But um, I could see that for a young Miss Paquin not being the coolest yeah. girl on the schoolyard. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of not, you know, and I, I think, you know, having to be out of school at long periods of time because you're making a movie is also kind of alienating. And mm-hmm. so I'm sure her high school career was so fun. Um, I also forgot to say this movie has that extra thing that the 90s were all about, which was environmentalism. Yes. And like, she has to land the plane in time before the mean tractors take over the place or whatever. <laughs> And because the 90s, we learned about recycling and we loved being green. Not anymore. And it's and it's amazing because everybody individually recycling has really saved the planet. We did it. And the large corporations not recycling has like had no ill effect at all. We solved it. We solved it. We solved it, guys. You know, all we have to do is it's it's all about individual responsibility, not about large corporations. Fuck them. Fuck them all. Think about what you want from the fridge before you open the door. <laughs> oh my god. That is Remember uh, that? I'm having I'm having trauma induced flashbacks. You're right. They would tell You're us right. that. They told us that. Would. that we, we would save the earth if you just thought about what she wanted and didn't leave the fridge door open. Yeah. Fuck off. Fuck wow. off. I uh this is a very huge sidebar, and maybe I'll cut it, maybe I won't. Uh, growing up, I lived near a paper factory. There's a paper factory at the edge of my town, and they literally brought those bastards into my school in sixth grade to tell us that the the stuff that we saw them pumping into the air every day was actually cleaner than the air <gasps> itself. No, no, mm-hmm. gaslighter mm-hmm. denier. Oh mm-hmm. God! And wow. they were like, they were like that smell, that like fresh brewed coffee smell. No, 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 no. Well, well, at least we were um, waking up every Saturday morning and watching Captain Planet. That's all that mattered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you, thank you, Fox Kids. We did it. 
Um, from there, she's in she's in sort of a series of things. I do want to say her next stop, 1997, she does this small little film for a first-time filmmaker named Steven Spielberg. And uh, it's called Amistad. Mm-hmm. And yeah, crazy that nobody ever heard of this movie or this filmmaker ever again. No, wild. no, no. no uh, Am- Amistad, it, you know, Amistad is Spielberg's big historical slavery epic it's a, about a slave revolt on a ship called amistad and or la amistad and yeah i i don't want to spend too much time on it a because i don't think it's actually that very good of a movie i think there's some stuff in it that it's like nice that it exists for but it's mostly not great um but b she plays a very small role in it she plays queen isabella ii of spain and I, I, I like the juxtaposition that they're playing in the film with her that she like, you know, she writes a letter to the United States being like they have to send these slaves back because that, you know, the slavery is so important and whatnot. But these are all she didn't write the letter like that's a letter that was given to her because she's literally a child a and they like queen. <laughs> Yeah, and so they like having her sign these decrees, and so there's a a great visual moment that's maybe a little heavy handed at the end of the movie, um, where you know things have turned out the way that they do. I don't want to spoil Amistad for you, but it's actually fucking history, so maybe learn about it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I can read but, a book, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but sh- she's like, all this stuff is happening, and she's jumping up and down on her bed. Because she's a kid. She's not like, you shouldn't have child monarchs. Like, that's like, none of this is important to her at all. (laughs) I like that. That's the takeaway. We should not have child monarchs. Think about (laughs) that. There's, there's a lot of takeaways for Amistad. (laughs) No, no, just that one. (laughs) Just that one. Just, just (laughs) that one. You (laughs) heard it here first, folks. Um, She does an adaptation of the play Hurley Burley in 1998. I think the next thing I sort of want to stop and is you know x-men is 2000 but right before x-men i feel like is her kind of trying to find herself in her acting career and so she does the like coming of i'll call it a coming of age film uh a walk on the moon and she also does a very minor role in she's all that i can barely remember her and she's all that she's freddie prince jr's sister Oh, that's right. Lainey Boggs, get your cute butt down here. Lainey Boggs, get your cute butt down here. Swing, swing. Swing the spinning step. You wear those shoes and I will wear that dress. Oh, kiss me. Beneath the Did you happen to watch A Walk on the Moon? I did not. I was just looking at it now, and I'm like, have I seen this movie? It looks very familiar. You need to watch A Walk on the Moon. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. This this is a very Louis movie. This is absolutely, I think you'd really like it. So A Walk on the Moon is, uh, uh, her mother is played by Diane Lane. and. And her father's played by Leah Shriver, and they like essentially go upstate to a Jewish summer camp every year. Like, a, if you've ever watched um, Marvelous Miss Maisel season two, very that there. Okay, but they're like lesser. They're like lower class. So the father needs to work during the week, so he, he keeps going back to New York City to repair TVs during the week. And while that's happening, uh, Diane Lane falls in love with Viggo Mortensen, who is a who sells clothes at the camp who, who wouldn't okay Sue exactly me. 
and at and at the same time, Anna Paquin is like she's getting her first period. She's discovering boys, so it's Love it's it. a coming of age movie for both of them. Um, I I think this movie is so sweet and so cute, and honestly, like I, I cannot think of hotter leads than like Diane Lane, Liev yeah. Schreiber, Viggo Mortensen. Vigo. There's a scene, and this has nothing to do with uh, with Anna Paquin, but there's a scene where Liev Schreiber like yells at Diane Lane, "Are you stooping the blouse man?" Oh my god! <laughs> the crux of this movie, obviously, is is the coming together of of this woman who didn't really, she never got her chance to sow her wild oats. She she got pregnant with Anna Paquin's character very young, and so she feels like. She, she's getting to experience this life that she never got to have through Viggo Mortensen. But at the same time, like that's not reality. Mm-hmm. And Anna Paquin's, you know, experiencing the same thing, but for the first time. And so of course the crux of the movie is when they finally have a confrontation about it. And it's so good. Like she tells, she tells her mom that she, that she lost her virginity. And <sighs> then she's like, we didn't even get to second base. <laughs> Are you and daddy going to get a divorce? love the blouse man more than all of us? No. Sometimes it's easier to be different with a different person. Can't you just try and be different but still stay with us? <laughs> Baby. Allison. When you went all the way with Ross, did you use any protection? We didn't. We didn't go all the way. We finally got the first base. I think you would really dig this movie. I think you'd be very into it. But since you didn't see it, we'll skip ahead to 2000's X-Men. I mean, obviously, I think this is where a vast majority of people know her from. Yeah. Um, she plays the character of Rogue, a mutant superhero from the X-Men comic books, whose power is that she can absorb other people's life essence as well as powers through skin-to-skin contact. So her gift is also very much a curse because mm-hmm. she can never get close to anybody. And the movie adapts the early story of her, you know, finding first love and kissing a, an, another, uh, kissing a boy and him falling into a coma and her guilt of that. And, right. But at the same time, because this is the era in which comic book films are a little scared of being comic book films, yeah, they they really ground it in this sort of reality, and they kind of rewrite the rogue character to be the Kitty Pride character in the comic books. So she kind of becomes Wolverine's sidekick. Like he meets mm-hmm. her, she goes on the lamb. Well, she runs away and. And decides to call herself Rogue, and she meets Wolverine at a Canadian bar, and they end up falling in with the X-Men, and you get to see the X-Men through both her eyes and Wolverine's eyes, but really once he's involved, it kind of becomes his movie. Right. Um, It's wild. I, so, number one, fuck Brian Singer. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, we barely need to say anything about that. Brian Singer, boo. Boo. Um, but number two, like, there certainly had been superhero movies before X-Men, but X-Men and Spider-Man 
of this era, like really kicked off the modern, you know, right. like renaissance of yeah, superhero it goes, movies. It goes Blade, Spider Man, X Men. Yeah. 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 And uh X Men, it's funny watching this, I was like, oh my God, they really had to work so hard to like have montages of like, this is a school. We do these things. Yeah. And I was like, watching superhero movies now, it's like, bitch, you're either in or you're out. We're not going to tell you yeah. shit. <laughs> um, but also, like, they're having to joke about, like, yellow spandex. And, oh, your name is Cyclops? What's yours? Wheels? Like, they're really having to, like, yeah. punch themselves, you know, to be like, this isn't ridiculous. It's totally fine and normal. Also, we talked about this with our Halle Berry episode, Tragique storm um yeah uh, representation here even though she looks gorgina um they don't know what to do with her honestly i think if they couldn't find a way to relate your character to wolverine they don't know what to do with you here and That's- so i i feel like anna paquin's rogue outside of wolverine for the most part even though she probably gets way more screen time than holly berry does and certainly more lines than holly berry does I still feel like they don't really know what to do with her because they have to tie her story so much into Wolverine. You think I should go back? I think you should follow your instincts. The first boy I ever kissed ended up in a coma for three weeks. I can still feel him inside my head. It's the same with you. There's not many people that'll understand what you're going through. But I think this guy, Xavier, is one of them. He seems to genuinely want to help you, and that's a rare thing. For people like us. Right. I mean, it's like Cyclops is the foil. Jean Grey is the right. love interest. Like everyone right. has like their role. Like Professor X is the mentor. Um, and she's like the damsel. Yeah. And whereas Storm is. Who? Who is Storm? Um, now th- we get Anna Paquan. Paquan. Paquin. Um, and her little Southern Belle accent for the first time here. Um, now I don't think it's super successful in that, like, obviously our brains are tainted and biased from the cartoon where it's like super heavy, more saucy, yeah. more hey, like sugar. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. She is a womanly from the south. Yeah, this is a, a light, um, kind of generic blanket southern accent. Uh, yeah, I don't know because the movie doesn't know what really to do. I mean, X2, I think there's a little bit more characterization. She, like, is a little bit more yes. in her skin. She also is, and, like... You know, she's even talked about the fact that the big revelation in X2 was they cast other people her age. So mm-hmm. she had other people to relate to in scenes. But I also think there's, you know, that great moment towards the end of the second X-Men movie, because which I, you know, I, once again, boo Brian Singer. And I do think these movies certainly lack flavor um the that scene towards the end of the second movie which is the the x-men movie that i love where she flies the x-jet when the blackbird which they never call it that in the movie um and she's they're like you can let go you can let go of the steering wheel (laughs) is so good it's so funny 
Um, I remember for a long time, me and my friends in high school would always be quoting Rogue specifically when she's like stuck in the 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 truck when uh, her and Wolverine crash, and he's like, yeah. "Hey kid, you all right?" And she's like, "I'm stuck." I don't know why. <laughs> we just kept saying, "I'm stuck" over and over and over again. I love uh, shit like that. Yeah, it's so stupid. Um, I again, I don't know if like. Even when they brought her back for like Days of Future Past or whatever, it's like, yeah. it's 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 kind of like oh the things that we want because I bet you she could be a great rogue, but like yeah, they don't do anything like they don't. She's never really like the girly we want her to be, and I don't think there's enough on the page for her to know what to do. And so I'm a little like I, yeah, I'm a little bit soft on the X Men rogue of I, it all. I agree. I I. I would actually be even further. I kind of really dislike the movie Rogue, and it's I don't think it's her fault. Um, be, because I feel like that is such an amazing I mean, now we're just getting into comic book chatter, but like I think that's such an amazing character to adapt. Like the concept of the fact that she can't touch other people mm-hmm. is so tragic and so interesting and and so layered, and to relegate her sort of to a second tier and I get it. It's a team thing and you really have to have time for everybody, but to, to place her sort of as a minor character, like you said, for the most part, she's the damsel in the first movie. It's such a shame. It's such a waste. Um, I would go as far as saying uh, in terms of accent work, I don't think there was an accent coach on the first X-Men. No. <laughs> you have you have Storm doing her abandoned African generic. Oh my God. Like I'm from anywhere in the continent of Africa accent. At least I've chosen a side. Yeah. Completely gone by movie two. No problem. Um, and then you have rogues like very silly. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's. Light. You're right. Light, Light is maybe the best way to describe it. Light. But uh, but I do like that we're talking about the... I, I think it's actually maybe a good idea to just get all the X-Men movies out of the way in, in one lump. Um, I do think she's given more to do and is more interesting in X-Men 2. Um, she suddenly is given so much less to do in X-Men The Last Stand, which is the place that she should be given the most because the idea of the cure is, you know, there's that scene where she argues with rogue about like, yeah, with storm about the idea that like, I can't fucking touch people and you can make clouds. Like, yeah, but then the idea that she does take it is so offensive to me. Yeah. And it's so, like, that's not where her character, and I guess they apparently shot both. They shot both her taking it and her not like that scene at the end. And the one they put in the movie is the one where she's like, yeah, I took it. And then the last time she shows up, X-Men Days of the Future Past, where she's cut out of the movie, except for the very, very end of it. Um, And then there's the rogue cut where she's brought back in the movie and she's very the Irishman seven lines. Mm -hmm. It's it just all feels like a waste. Um. I do want to say real quick, this is basically the only franchise that she's ever really been a part of. I mean, look, okay, so I did that fun X-Men thing where we got to fly around and be cool. Um, But, like, even that was actually about something. And even True Blood was actually about something. You know, um, I've also, I've always been material-driven. I just am drawn to smaller, more interesting character studies 
um, also because psychologically I just find it interesting figuring out how people tick and also that was the entire beginning of my career was working on lots of extraordinary films usually independent ones with like you know Holly Hunter and Sean Penn and all these sort of huge greats of our business um, and really that's how I cut my teeth and then I you know once you get a taste for that why would you want to do something that has no meaning She's not being fucking rogue, flying and punching people in these movies. You know, she's, yeah, not at she's, all. she's like screaming, yelling, accidentally touching boys. Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, I, I will also say she is so such an outspoken ally, so much so that uh, a couple years ago, Elliot Page actually revealed that Brett Ratner on the set of X-Men 3 uh, sexually harassed him. By like pointing to a, a woman that he was with at like one of the premieres and being like, you know, and I I'm going to use uh the this was pre transition for Elliot Page, but uh Brett Ratner pointed at the woman he was with and was like, you should fuck her to make her realize she's gay. And when Elliot Page posted about that, Anna Paquin was the first to be like, I was there, I heard it. Fuck yeah. Like she she's like, it absolutely happened. She, for all of you people that are like, why would Elliot Page claim this? Yeah, fuck well <laughs> the thing is, um, the X-Men movies have been handled by horrendous men um yes. who aren't good people. And honestly, the, the movies kind of reflect that. Like, I I like the first two X-Men movies, but like that does not make um it okay for uh, Brian Singer to be the person he is. And honestly, and fucking trash- make like tra- yeah, tra- trash, the, trash them all, um, you yeah, know. Yeah, and it doesn't make it okay for Brett Ratner to be who he is either. And yeah. that's yeah, yeah. So fuck them. <laughs> okay, we're we're done with X Men. Sorry, we we will leave X Men chat. Um, our, her next big thing is, uh, you know, she's a, a smaller part in the movie, almost famous, but she's, uh, she's one of the what do they call them? They're not groupies. They're band aids, and she's one of them. And she's so funny. She's with. Like, she's the one who sort of partners off with Jason Lee, so she gets to be in all the big scenes. She's in the tiny dancer scene, and, um... Her name's Polexia Aphrodisia. It's all happening! It's all happening! It's all happening! It's all happening. Okay. It's all happening. This is our journalist friend. Journalist friend, meet Polexia Aphrodisia. Astrea star. You are William Miller. In 2002, she does the 25th hour with Spike Lee. I don't know if you've noticed this. There's a real pattern here of like really famous directors. And and she said Spike Lee had been on her like wish list for a long time. Um, I love 25th hour. We talked about so it a lot good. in our Spike Lee episode. We said perhaps one of the best post 9-11 movies oh, of absolutely. our generation. Um, she plays a, a student of Philip Seymour Hoffman who, like, wants to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that's basically it. Mr. Lansky! Oh my god, what are you doing here? Oh, I, I didn't god. know that you ever left the school. I thought that you had, like, like a bed down in the boiler room or something. Um, Mary Denunzio? Mary, be mine, Denunzio. That's me. Uh, I, I, I'm kidding. It's not a big deal. No, it's okay. I, I'm, I'm here with friends. That so guy who came to class today? He knows people, right? I mean, so do you think he could get us in? No. She did her first play uh, off-Broadway with Philip Seymour Hoffman in 2001, The Glory of Living. 
And she tells this, you know, she she clearly like loved uh, working with Philip Seymour Hoffman. She says she learned so much about acting from him. I'd never been to drama school or acting school in any, in any way, and that was the first time I'd ever been on stage. And um, I mean, it is a completely different beast, which he was very kind of, you know, heavy about in the beginning. It was like you, and I was like, just tell me what to do, and I'll, you know, <laughs> you you say jump, I'll say how high, you know. Um, and he, in the, you know, best possible way, beat the ever-loving whatever out of me. What was it like for you to work alongside him as opposed to being directed by him? Well, he just thought it was funny because I would keep turning to him to ask him what he thought about things. He was like, I am not your director. <laughs> I am in the movie with you. <laughs> Stop. It's like, no, it's fine. But, like, you, like you, 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 I'm not the person you need to be checking in with. It was just, like, instinct to, like, just kind of look over sort of like an expectant child to be like, was that okay? Wow. Well, Philip Seymour Hoffman, one of our greats. And... One of our greats. And, and so and... I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't blame her. Hello? Yeah, and I just think that story is so sweet and so yeah. I don't know, just indicative of of her relationship with other people that especially when she like finds somebody who feels like a kindred spirit. I'm sure she feels very like outsider insider in the Hollywood community. Insider obviously because hello, she's been in it forever, has an Oscar, like so why wouldn't she be an insider? But outsider because She's not talking about Meisner. She's not talking about right. all these like fancy places where people study for years to hone the craft. Right. And and for those of you who th- like schooling was important to her parents, I don't want to erase that from her story. My family life was very not swayed by the kind of acting industry thing of it all. That wasn't, you know, it was something I was allowed to do if I was still doing well in school and it wasn't like in any way negatively impacting my life and mm-hmm. You know, that was important in, in, in my family. And, you know, the, the career was something that I was allowed to do if everything else was sort of, you know, yeah. being taken care of. She graduated high school. She went to Columbia and she decided after a year, you know what? It's not for me. I'm already I'm like knee deep in acting. I have an yeah. Oscar like. Yeah. And and I think that's a perfectly acceptable <laughs> You know, the gag is we all don't have to go to college. Save yeah, your co- money, honey. College is a scam. College is a scam. <laughs> I feel so bad for little kids. If I, well, first of all, if there's a little kid listening to the show, we swear way too much. So, like, ask your parents. Ask but your also, parents first. Like, we're always like, don't go to college. But honestly, listen, chase, <laughs> your, chase your dreams, but don't be stupid. Yeah, chase your dreams, but don't be stupid. That's a very good lesson. Uh, 2005, uh, well, 2003, she does the sequel to X-Men X2. And then 2005, she does The Squid and the Whale, which is uh, the first big Noah Baumbach movie. It wasn't his first film, but it's where Noah Baumbach blows up. (laughs) 2007, she does Blue State, which is actually the first movie she executive produced as well. And she produced it under uh, her own company called Paquin Films. Yeah. And uh, that she formed with her brother who had a burgeoning career as a director. We mentioned him up top. Um, it is the only film to date that Paquin films has produced, produced. And I think that's because it's very much a failure. Nobody saw this movie. Yeah. Po- it I mean, was made for literally hundreds of thousands of dollars, not even a million. This movie is so aggressively like, in the moments of yeah. the Bush era, um, it is so um, 
even when it tries to like balance out a little bit like the the twist or the reveal that she's actually in the military it yeah. still is very you know aggressively like why are we voting for john Kerry? Ah! You know? yeah it's it's a lot the so the plot of blue state is essentially breckenmeyer is a political journalist who's also a uh Democrat insider working for the Kerry campaign, and he announces publicly at a party that if George Bush wins re-election, he'll move to Canada. And because the movie's a fantasy, people take him at his word. And so he And not only take him at his word, but like he has to do it. (laughs) Yeah. It's Lucy Goosey, let me tell you. Uh, He like lives in San Francisco and like she's like, I gotta do this thing because I said it. His friend is like, no, you have to. You said it. The news yeah. saw it, and now you have to do it. Exactly. And, and no conservative has ever lied. So, well, you know, liberals yeah. have to stand up to their word. Um, yeah. And so he decides to take this road trip, and he takes on Anna Paquin as a passenger. And she claims that she was also working for the Kerry campaign, and she just needs to get out. And you find out midway through the movie that she's actually – she was in the army, and she's deserting. And that's why she wants to go to Canada to seek asylum. I think what's like uh, difficult about this movie is that like there's actually very like there is a moment where he stops by his parents' place on the way to Canada, and his parents are crazy conservative people. And yeah. I'm like, there's a movie in there, like in yes. there specifically, there if, is a movie. If they could find a way to treat them like people and like right. once again i know i know that's like a that's a tough ask because we we've all been on twitter and we know a lot of crazy conservatives don't want to be treated like people they mm-hmm. want to be as loud and extreme as possible but it's it's so much in this film yeah and it's wild because we're saying it's so much but also like this is them talking about fucking George Bush. We had no idea, babes. We had, we no, had no idea. idea. And, and, like, I don't want to downplay. Those were eight years of awfulness. But, like... But, wait. My God. Wait. My God. <laughs> also in 2007, she does Trick or Treat, uh, which was written and directed by Michael Doherty, who was one of the writers of X-Men 2. So, like, a, a friend of hers. Uh, also produced by Brian Singer. Sorry for all of you Trick or Treat fans out there. Um... I don't love Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat's okay. big in the Halloween community. You know I love Halloween. You know I love TV shit. You do. In 2010, she does The Romantics and Open House. Open House is a real tip spot because it's directed by Andrew Paquin, her brother. I think to date, the only full film that he's directed, um, it's fine. She's barely in it. I I watched it today, and when she... It's a it's a horror movie. So when I when you tell you somebody's barely in it, you know what happens to him. Right. So when she died, like within the first ten minutes, I was like, "Do I okay. have to keep watching this?" Well, also, um, it's worth noting, like, so at this point, she has just started True Blood. Um, yes, and Stephen Moyer is also in Open House, and so yes. we're we're keeping it in the family. We're calling yeah. in the favors. You know, <laughs> absolutely, um, and. You know, she had just gotten married to Stephen Moyer in 2009 as well, too. So they meet each other. Let's do a little personal life check-in. They meet each other on the set of True Blood. It's like fireworks. Sparks fly, honey. Yeah, which I think is hilarious because, you know, people have um, 
for better or for worse, they've talked about her her accent on True Blood, uh, which began in 2008. Um, I cannot believe there were 80 episodes of that. I've seen every episode. I, wow. Once they revealed she was a fairy, I said, I'm so sorry, sweeties. I have to go. I There's something over there. You weren't like, me too? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I, I'm surprised I did not get like an angry word out of you for that. Or like... You just got um, the... <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, it's not good. I don't want to. I don't want to shatter anybody's illusion of me watching every episode by being like. But I am one of those people that like after a certain point where I'm like, well, I've stuck this far. Yeah, yeah, you gotta. Uh, and yeah, and also, that Skarsgård is so good looking. But all, all the men I, are so good looking. Oh my god! But I will say this, right? So everybody always talks about Sookie's accent. I don't think Stephen Moyer is a very good actor. I will. I'll just say it. Whatever. Like, I, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm so sorry, Anna, if you're listening. I do think he's very hot, and you picked a very good husband. And I'm gonna say some very nice things about his directing very soon in this episode. Okay. But I, I just want to say, I don't think he emotes. I don't <laughs> think he like. I think he's just very still. Suki yeah, is man. Suki is man. Like, uh. <laughs> Okay. And I think, you know, honestly, for young newlyweds who are covering themselves in blood and fucking in, in graveyards, like, I think yeah. that's fun for them. But, like... They like to have fun. They like to have fun. Um, I, so I don't think she picked, like, a bad husband already. Like, their personal life seems perfectly fine. But, yeah, I, mean, I was not... I will, I will say it's also around this time where she famously is, like... People were saying, like, oh, she's bisexual, lol, like, why is she marrying a man? And she's like, just because I married a man doesn't mean I've stopped being bisexual. Like, that's right. fucking... Cr- well, that's... I, I was gonna say, so in, on April 1st... Well, funny enough, April 1st. Oh, my God, I never realized that. So on April Fool's Day of 2010, <laughs> she comes out as bisexual. She does it in a PSA for the, for the Give a Damn campaign. By the way, I had to search high and low for this video um which is funny because you can find her talking about being bisexual in a bunch of different clips but to find her actual like psa paquin and i'm a bisexual you have to dig deep Um, okay i'm straight i'm gay i'm bisexual and i give a damn about equality it was cindy lopper's advocacy group which has now become the true colors fun and Exactly like you said, you know, she did a she did an interview years later with fucking Larry King, and Larry King's like, so you're not bisexual anymore. Are, are you a non-practicing bisexual? I well, I mean, I am married to my husband, and we are happily monogamously married. But so. you were bisexual. Well, I don't think it's a past tense thing. No. No. What are you still straight if you're with somebody? I mean, it doesn't mean you're not. You know, if you were to break up with them or they were to die. You know, it doesn't yeah, prevent your point. sexuality from uh, stop existing. Stop thinking, okay? No, I'm just saying, you know, it doesn't, uh, <laughs> doesn't really work like that. That was a big cultural moment because yeah. for, better, for better or worse, there was a long time and probably still today where people are like, bisexuality doesn't exist or like, what does it even mean? Um for younger people now, obviously, it's like, LOL, you olds are stupid. Right. Um, but For younger people now, they're like, LOL, what's bisexual? We're pan. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, you like two genders? Gross. Um, gross. I like I like all of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, she, that, that was a cultural moment, for sure. Having a celebrity out front being very vocal about that. And not only being vocal, 
educating the people, putting it in right. terms for people for fucking Larry King to understand. And so the Larry yeah. King crowd can be like, oh, that does kind of make sense. Hmm, just because, you know, like uh, you, you marry someone like doesn't mean like your attraction for other people goes away. Like that's that's a crazy thing right. to think like for anybody. Yeah, it's it's not like I don't know. It's It's wild to believe that like once you literally once you're married to somebody like you just never think about anybody else ever again like right. every, every other attraction dies and sexual like, desire for other people just evaporates because yeah exactly you found your one Je- and that's because it. because jesus <laughs> um but no yeah i remember that being such a like a very big moment but also like yeah it's it's it is cra- the reaction to it was like because she still gets questions about it now i felt like it was being my authentic self and I also feel like there is unfortunately still enough stigma associated with coming out for various people in various places that as it wasn't something that was going to that I felt confident and comfortable with that it had the potential to open doors for conversations that might be harder for people to have without having people in the public eye to be like, well, actually, you know, this person did that. And it's really no big deal. And it's, and I, uh, it just, it felt organic. And I mean, everyone in my private life knew. So it was just, it just felt weird being assumed to be straight because I was married to a man. She's since said that she's, you know, a proud bisexual mother. So love that. We need more bi moms. More bi moms. Exactly. Uh, also, uh, the other movie that I mentioned in 2010, The Romantics. Um, this is the most. I was shocked that this movie did not play Tribeca, to my knowledge. <laughs> um, it's the most Tribeca y Tribeca. <laughs> movie i've seen in a while where it's like a lot of like tv people in a big ensemble cast um it's katie holmes josh dumel adam brody diana aragon uh malin ackerman elijah wood wow um, very young jeremy strong and uh, essentially anna paquin is marrying josh dumel and she's invited uh katie holmes to be her maid of honor her and katie holmes is josh dumel's ex and anna paquin is like her psycho best friend from college and it i didn't love this movie but points to anna paquin for playing this is a role i've never seen her play before because she's literally just like like there's a scene where josh dumel comes to her and he's kind of like um, you know, like, aren't I allowed to have feelings too? And she's like, yeah, you have feelings because I allow you to have them. Oh, you think I want to freak out? You think I want to lose my shit? Why do you get to be the one that drinks too much, that says scandalous things, that has wild mood swings? Has it ever occurred to you that those are freedoms afforded to you by me? Has it ever occurred to you that my emotions are just as intense? I just work harder to control them. Why? You don't have to. Why? I wish that you would lose it more. Who? Who should I lose it to? My mom? But, my brother? You? 
Take a look around you, Tom. Somebody's got to keep their cool. I need you to hold it together for another 12 hours. Can you do that for me? 2011, she does the beginning of Scream 4. Iconic. She's in the cold open. Um, it's one of it's actually one of my favorite cold opens in the entire series because it's so meta and so interesting and weird. It's her and Kristen Bell. Um, I won't say any more, but they have fun little exchange about the meta-ness of what's going on. A bunch of articulate teens sit around and deconstruct horror movies until Ghostface kills them one by one. It's been done to death. The whole self-aware, postmodern meta shit. Sick of fork in 1996 already. I like the stab movies. They're scarier. It's not aliens or zombies or little Asian ghost girls. There's something real about a guy with a knife who just snaps. And also Margaret comes out in 2011. Margaret is a film that she shot for Kenneth Lonergan in 2005. And it finally makes its theatrical debut in 2011. It had a long storied legal battle. Yeah, legal battle. Kenneth Lonergan really wanted it his way. Fox really wanted it another way. And by that, we mean not being three hours long. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Kenneth wanted a three-hour cut. Studio was like, are you fucking nuts? And um, legal, legal, legal. Especially because it's not... (laughs) It's, it's, I really like Margaret, so I'm not denigrating it in any way, shape, or form, but it is, it's not three hour material. It's really not. Um, I, I, I watched it today and I was like, there's not enough meat on these bones. <laughs> uh, did you watch the three hour cut or did you watch the No, two and a half? are you fucking insane? I, I clicked on my Amazon Prime and I saw Margaret extended cut and I was like, hold the phone. <laughs> Let's go back. Find a Margaret regular cut. Uh, and I said, this is what we're going with. Three hour cuts better. I, I don't doubt it. it. I don't doubt it. <laughs> like, is it is it worth three hours of my time? Right. I, I know. Because, because I, know. I, I understand. I, I, even, I truly understand. I, I don't dislike Margaret. I think it is a good movie. I think she is very good in it. She, she's great in it. Yeah. She is doing, you know, some of her best work. Once again, she's like emotes a lot with her face. She's hiding a lot. She has these great outburst moments where she really is like loses control a little bit. Um, but I don't think this movie works on all the levels that it thinks it does. I know that there has been this reappreciation for this movie. LOL, like BBC named it one of the top 100 movies of like our generation or whatever. I, I, so Kenneth Lonergan, Lonergan people might know he didn't, he win an Oscar for Manchester by the sea. Yes, which is a movie I actually don't like, I'll be honest. I just think in this movie, there are some themes that, like, are either too heavy-handed or, like, not yeah. explored enough. Like, it's 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 always one or the other. And I think um, I think the person who plays her mom, Jay Smith Cameron, I guess is her. Yeah, Jay Smith Cameron. She's so good in this. Um, but I just think it's a little bit, like wake me up holy fuck what's going on um <laughs> but but I, but I but i do i think she's very good in it and i think it's like a I, i'm not saying it's a bad movie i it's 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 one of like the fancy Spanish. it's one of those fancy Spanish movies that like thinks highly of itself is what i'll say anna paquin in this movie margaret she's doing some of the best work she's ever done you know yeah. like 
and and I think like the material is there for her. I, but there's... I think he gets some of the best performances out of Mark Ruffalo, who he'd previously worked with for a "You Can Count on Me," which yep. I named as my five star review for Mark Ruffalo. Yep. So like, yeah, yeah, I, I I I see where you're coming from. I don't fully agree, but I I absolutely do see where you're coming from. Um, 2013, she does a pair of indie films, Straight A's and Free Ride. I saw both of these. Um, oh, oh, what is this face you're making? I've just like watched, like I, I, I watched both these movies. The Straight A's poster, like they clearly had no idea what the fuck this movie was. No, it's like, uh oh, he loves her, but she's married to the brother. It's like this movie is not that. Um, this movie is not that at all. No, and also this movie is, I don't know, almost like christian i don't know i don't it's you know what you know what straight a's reminded me of and we've talked about this a lot on this show straight a's is one of those movies where people behave badly but you're supposed to be like oh it's okay because there was extenuating circumstances however what's funny about straight a's i think is that it takes it to the extreme by making all of them bad by being yeah. like, actually, no one's good. And so yeah. you get to the end and you're kind of like, what did I learn from this movie? Yeah. Nothing? And also, this movie also features some pretty bad child actors. But I think also it's poorly written chi- children. Yes. And I think maybe, yeah, yeah. And maybe I've hit something there. Because maybe it's not about the children being bad actors. It's filmmakers and writers not writing children as humans. Like, they're just plot devices in movies. And that's yeah. all they are in this and yeah, I do. I like straight A's. There's a lot of time off between 2015 and 2018. And that's because in 2012, she had fraternal twins. Um, they were born September 12th in 2012. And she also has two stepchildren through her marriage with Stephen Moyer. So she's like, I'm a mom. Like, I've, I've got now. other things to do. Yeah. And also, she's busy doing a lot of... Um, tv things as well too she she popped into alias grace doing that mini series um and so i i think that she's just like i can do these things that take up less time so i can spend more time with my kids because she like famously said she's like i've i've never seen the rogue cut of of x-men days of the future's past she's like i've never seen the other cut either truthfully i've actually seen neither but (laughs) well Hey, everyone with newborn twins who sits down and watches films for their own pleasure, raise their hand. Not me. And I appreciate all the people who were very vocal. They fought for you. Who fought for Rogue. Yeah. And I'm very, very appreciative, even if maybe I didn't, you know, know to express it at the time because I was a little sleep deprived. But in 2018, she does furlough the parting glass and tell it to the bees. Uh, she produces The Parting Glass that is actually the directorial debut of her husband, Stephen Moyer. It was written by actor Dennis O'Hare, who they were both on True Blood with. Um, it's uh, Did you see The Parting Glass? I did not. It's not an easy film. It is okay. a film about the suicide of uh, Dennis O'Hare's sister. Um, it is a stacked film. It, it It's... Um, oh, I see. Ed, Melissa Ed, Leo... Yeah, Melissa Leo, Cynthia Nixon, Ed Asner, Rice Ephens, and Anna Paquin. Um, I don't think it's all successful, and it definitely suffers from this could have been a play. Okay. Uh, but which is not always a negative thing because it could be a great stage play. 
But I will say, as a first-time director, Stephen Moyer makes some choices in it that I think are so fucking good and so competent and so strong. And so Anna Paquin actually plays the sister uh, who has killed herself. And essentially what it is is their family has gathered to, like, get her personal effects. Like, it's the aftermath of this suicide. Um, And it's Dennis O'Hare, his sisters, Melissa Leo and Cynthia Nixon, Ed Asner's the father, and Rice Ethan's is... Uh, Anna Paquin's ex-husband who is like maybe a cons- like is always listening to conservative radio but mm. none of that's explored enough for me um, Anna Paquin only appears in memories and flashbacks hmm. and because they're only memories of the characters she is often in the peripheral of the flame in the frame you maybe only see the side of her face or you see her obscured it's such a brilliant choice because I do feel like that's the way we remember stuff. That's the, mm-hmm, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's never clear. It's never right. perfect. And I it's uh that movie made me cry. I, oh. I will admit, but but it, it it's good. I I I I recommend it, but it's it's not easy, you know. Yeah. And that and that's why she does things like X-Men Days of the Future Past so she can pay for her yeah. husband to direct Dennis O'Hare's films um and then tell it to the bees is honey, a, a, I, I i just i just how fun is it to say honey go tell it to the bees tell i don't want i just want to keep i want to i want to work that into my vernacular if someone comes up to me and they're giving me riffraff nonsense <laughs> tell it to the bees okay um tell it to the bees is her big lesbian romance movie uh-huh when you talk in your sleep do i what do they say I don't know that I should say. What? You listed types of penicillin. <laughs> I only have very dull secrets. That's not true. I, I will say this. I think, and we're almost through Anna Paquin's film career, but I think Anna Paquin's love of wanting to be real people and experience real things has occasionally been a detriment to her career. And I'm sure she's loved everything that she's made, but that doesn't make it all good. No. And I and I think there's, especially in this later part of her career, there's been far too many um, straight A's, tell it yeah. to the B's. I feel like, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it feels like she's doing too many favors. She yes. Is, she is not, and I don't know if this is true or not, but like I need her to be fighting for better roles. Who is yes. the agent? She needs to be reading better material, being more discerning. If you want to fucking do another favor, fucking call up Jane Campion again, okay, bitch? Like, right. get back in the game and stop getting on these like direct-to-video shits because, hoy, 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 hoy. Um, you know, the next three films, I'm just gonna lump them together because I feel like we're we're running out of steam when it comes to a rewind. But she does The Irishman in 2019, where famously she only has seven lines, but it's also a fucking Marty Scorsese pick. So she was like, what was I going to do? Be like, no, no, thank yeah. you. Yeah. And like you said, she does a lot of good, like, brow furrowing and like, as as she has put it, you know, she's the only person who like sees Robert De Niro's character for who he really is. And that's really hard when it's, when you're, the person you are is awful, is mm-hmm. a horrible human being. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um American Underdog, which is a religious football movie from 2021. <laughs> Listen, I 
I was like, I'm not going to fucking watch a Christian football movie about Kurt fucking Warner starring yeah. Zachary Levi. Not going to do it. I did it. I did no, it. Oh, Gavin. It has, it has the worst wig I've ever seen in any movie at all. And to make matters worse, they show Brenda Warner at the end of the movie. And I was like, her hair doesn't look like that. I was like, her hair, like, it's short. But it doesn't look like she looks, she literally looks like the the Barbie with that somebody has just chopped the hair off of. Uh uh And like, you can fucking see, and they like tried to hide it by like giving her freckles, but you can see where the liquid latex is blending the lace. I was just like, no, 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 no. She also has a film out on Netflix that came out earlier this year called True Spirit. Um, It's uh, the the story of a 16-year-old girl uh, Jessica Watson, who um, wanted to circumnavigate the globe and be the youngest woman to ever do it, and she has dyslexia, and and a Pac-Man plays her mom, and the the really <laughs> she has hot dyslexia. Guy. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. Does that make it hard boating around the world? It does. Oh, so mm. you didn't watch True Spirit either? True Spirit. <laughs> no True one Spirit did. Made- you, no, I know. Okay, then I'm gonna get this out now because it's not my one star review, but it's very close. True Spirit makes me so angry because. Anna Paquin starred in Fly Away Home when she was a kid. And Fly Away Home, for better or for worse, is a film about something. It's a film about this this girl who's trying to do something altruistic. She's trying to make sure these birds survive and whatnot. This true spirit is literally about parents being like, yeah, our 16-year-old daughter can like go circumnavigate the globe alone. That's fine. It'll be great because she's, you know, the the only girly to have ever done it. And it's like, no, you're bad parents and she's a dummy. And I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it's literally not a film about anything. And I, I'm sure somebody gets some sort of uplift from that. But like, this is just not a it's not a film for me. It's not because my intention is just like. Like, I, I'm literally, I'm like James Mason at the fucking end of North by Northwest. Let her die. Like, I, I don't, like, I don't uh, care. Like, yeah. So, so she, just, she doesn't make it is what I'm hearing. Oh, no, she does. She 100% does. This was a real news story. And oh, also, no. also hysteric. Oh, no, she doesn't, like, yes, kind of, like, it's a it's a big news story. She sends like two hundred something days or whatever out on the, um, but she doesn't make it around the world. No, no, no. Okay, no. She like gets scuttled by a bunch of storms. Her boat tips at one point. There's a really Scuttle bad butt. cover of David Bowie's Starman. Um, Ugh. yeah, I hated this movie. Anyways, okay. She also uh, has a a film that's playing festivals right now called A Bit of Light. Uh, it's her and Ray Walston. Um, and it, it's the second fe- feature directed by Stephen Moyer, her husband. So uh, I've not been able to see it because, once again, it's it's literally s- still playing festivals. But um, in terms of philanthropy and advocacy, we mentioned that she came out as bisexual as, as part of the True Colors campaign, which at the time was called the Give a Damn campaign. Um, she also supports charities such as Children's Hospital Los Angeles, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, Elton John's AIDS Foundation, and the Art of Elysium, which I don't really know much about. Um, No. But it's cool. As I've mentioned before on the show, we talk about people doing charity work because it's nice when people give back. And it's nice that, you know, these famous people who have a lot of money are like, I can pay a little more than 
the average person. So I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is. Yeah, she's a fucking ally, okay? Um, I just I, looked it up. The Art of Elysium is an artist organization built on the idea that through service, art becomes a catalyst for social social change. And I will say, I feel like her career has, uh, and her actions in her career really prove that. Because like I said, she was not only being out and proud, she is educating the people, she is putting money where her mouth is. Um, you know, Elton John's AIDS Foundation is like huge, you know? Uh, yeah. So so yeah, I I I we we stand our bicon. We we live, we laugh, we love. Absolutely. All right. I think that brings us to the natural conclusion of our rewind. Why don't we get into our one star reviews and talk about some of these choices choices that Miss Paquin has made in her life. My one star review. I'm so sorry, sweetie. Has to be 2013 straight A's. Um. This this movie is who, not what I th- who are you who are you apologizing to first of all? <laughs> I feel <laughs> I feel bad because I do think like this era of her career is just so all over the map. Like you know, yeah. after Margaret, it just you know it's almost as if she graduates out of being like quote unquote young woman. Yeah, and 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 it's that it's the famous you know like um, uh, first wives club line like you know it's like she goes from being like hot young teen to like mom like immediately um yeah and and in straight days she's like this sad sack woman who like is trying to keep up with the joneses they live in the south and it's like very you know like um upper crusty nonsense uh basically this man played by ryan Phillippe, he comes crashes um uh where anna paquin lives he's looking for his brother um which is anna paquin's husband she she lives in like a huge plantation house in louisiana yes and she has two children um there's like a really awful joke about how one of like the kid might be gay and i'm like no the kid's just annoying which i get but um and then like but what the the worst part is that like the movie has to go out of its way to be like no the kid's not gay he actually likes this little girl and it's like Okay, shut up. Um, so Ryan Phillippe shows up and she's like, what are you doing here? Uh, and he's like, I'm looking for my brother. And like <laughs> the, the movie slowly reveals to us that like they could have been married or something, but he was bad drinking a lot, womanizer a lot. Da, 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 da. Um, there's also a patriarchal figure who has dementia or something. Um, and Luke Wilson. He also is see, and forgive me if I I missed you saying this. He also communicates with the ghost of his dead mother. The co- correct. I did not say that. He he. he oh, that's right. He's there because his mom told him he had to go right. and mend all these broken you know fences, whatever. And it's like the tension is building between Ryan Phillippe and Anna Paquin. I'm sorry, I don't think they have any chemistry. They not, do not. Not for me, not at all. She seems so uncomfortable in this role. And the thing is, she tries to like deploy her usual bag of tricks, where like there's one night where he's fucked up and wasted and has all these like <sighs> I've just remembered the depiction of Mexican Americans in this movie. It's really bad. It's really bad. It's and, and they're ugh. all like gardeners, too, nonetheless. All, well, because because they're rich white people and they have a house that needs to be like maintained, and it's so it's all these Mexicans and like Ryan Phillippe 
keeps using them to like do his bidding and like they don't speak any Spanish until the very end. And like, there's some sort of gag where like the gardener's like, Oh yeah, senor, don't tell them that I know English. Okay. Like, and it's like, what? I don't like what, what, what? Um, yeah. Hated that. Um, but so she tries to like have this moment where she's like, you could have had me, but you fucked it up. You always fuck it up. You were given everything and you just pissed it all away. You could have had a career. You could have had a family. You could have had me. And instead you're just a fucking mess. Your life or ignoring your kids and fucking my brother. It's- oh. And I was like, this is just not working. Like her usual, like, you know, blowing up moment when and and you know, unleashing um on you know the sad sack. It's just not working because it's so unearned. Nothing in this movie is like is work. It's like a machine that is just all the parts are broken, um, including <laughs> including her. It's it's just like a machine of madness. So I, this movie's on YouTube. Um it is um censored all the fucks are bleeped out whatever all the comments though are about how much they love this movie and how you can't judge a book by its cover because just because someone is being bad they're talking about ryan Phillippe. you don't know what's really going on and i'm like this is classic fucking conservative christian bullshit like spin it's like no no i don't care if you have a fucking tumor brain cancer shit like it does not excuse horrible behavior like right. and, and 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 like oh oh did we learn a lesson everyone's horrible they're yes. all horrible people there is no moral compass in this movie and so to absolve ryan felipe of his bad behavior you're still left with all these characters who are terrible who yeah. just like because, by like, like some whim don't right. do the like worst thing that they could have done. Right, because in the end Luke Wilson does not say, "Hey, you know what? I don't think our marriage is working because I was this close to like fucking another woman." And yeah. she doesn't say, "Hey, Luke Wilson, I was really considering fucking him like while he was here and you weren't." Like, yeah. that doesn't happen. Oh, yeah. are they so good people though cuz they didn't do it? Fuck off. Um yeah. yeah, I I think this movie fails on every level. It's racist dumb not funny not sexy not for me one star straight A's. what about you Uh, Gavin? i'm gonna go just a slight bit earlier than that and i'm gonna go to 2007's blue state (gasps) i'm so i'm so sorry sweetie that this is the movie you executive produced it's so bad um we we talked about the plot enough earlier in it but just remind you she's deserting the army and going to canada with breckenmeyer she has I I bear no ill will to Breckenmeyer. I I love that he doesn't age. That's great. Um and he's an okay actor. But they have no chemistry together at all. Her stint as an army person is not believable in any way. Like literally there's no like when she reveals that in the film, I was like she's joking. That is a lie, Dina. I'm in the army. Excuse me? I already did one tour in Iraq, and I'm supposed to be shipping out again tomorrow. You were in Iraq? You were in Iraq? 
Holy shit. They let you look like that in the army? No, no, the hair, the, the whole thing was just for this trip. And I was never a gym teacher, that's what my dad does. Just drive me back to Spokane and I'll take the bus home or something. That's just a stupid idea anyway. You're gonna give up now? We're like a mile from the border. All of that already, I just think the plot, the idea that like he has to move to Canada is so ludicrous and so frustrating because like the premise is so stupid and maybe it's because we've lived through much more tumultuous uh, <laughs> political times since then that I was just like, no, well, like this is, is stupid. The, I, there is a version of this movie that exists where it's like, Yes, there are people who are that aggrieved about the political state of whatever. I can imagine, like, certainly now, I'm sure this has happened now. Like, people yeah. left wherever. I'm sure it happened then also. But it has to be him saying, I have to fucking get out of here because X, Y, Z. Right. Yes. But in this movie, he's like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Fuck no. Like, that. I, I just said it in yeah. the heat of the moment. And it's other people around him who are like, no, you have to do it. You have yeah. to do it. No backseas. You didn't cross your fingers when you yeah. said it. And <laughs> it, it, he, I was like, if you don't even believe in this enough, like, why the fuck should we? Makes no and, sense. You know, I I think I think her performance is not good. At, but also, um, the whole movie surrounding her is not there as a support lever. And she was probably also really distracted with the day-to-day of also being the executive producer of this film. So it, it probably wasn't an easy shoot for her by any means, which is maybe why she's never done it again. Yeah, um, fuck but, that. <laughs> but also, you know, that scene that, that you pointed out earlier about his parents, and I feel bad picking out a scene that like she's barely in. There's a gag they do with his dad, where his dad pretends basically to be bill o'reilly and every conversation he treats as though he's hosting a cable news show and it doesn't make any fucking sense it's so out of left field and i was i was like cringing watching i was like i feel bad for everyone in this scene that they had to do this he says we're going to commercial we're going to commercial yeah it's like what the fuck is going on literally at one point he's arguing with Breckenmeyer and he's like how dare you come on my show and swear at me this way and like and I was just like doesn't make any like this this guy needs help and not like a not like betterhelp.com like no I, get, I, get him in a room like well, I I thought that's where the movie was going I was like oh not only are they conservative like he's losing it losing it like he's unwell um and that's why he can't be around them but the movie doesn't explore that. That's not what this movie is no. about. Blue State. Not not great. Um, there's a myriad of other films that I c- could mention that I, d- I didn't really like, but I do agree with you about Straight A's. But I think maybe it's best that we just skip over all the unpleasantness and go into our five-star reviews. This is a little bit difficult, but... I truly just do think her performance and the piano is astounding. And I, so I have to just go with the piano. Um, I really thought you were going to go with She's All That. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Boggs, get your cute butt down here. Um, no, I, I had not seen the piano before. Cause why would I? Um, I watched it. Why to wouldn't di- you? That's, it's, it's a highly lauded film. No, I, no, right. But like when I say that, I mean like, 
when in my like regular day-to-day life i'm like you know what i want to watch this quiet independent 1993 film (laughs) like it you know there's nothing about this movie that's like except i will say if i was going to watch this it's because holly hunter's in it and fucking love holly hunter um yeah but anna paquin in this it is a revelation of how good a child can be on screen it and i'm not shading her like career um because i do think she's very good but it is incredible what jane campion was able to get out of this teeny tiny human she is precocious but not uh treacly she is you know uh spunky but not annoying she has you know just the right amount of like anger and rage um it's it's she's she does so much and and you know it in most movies i think i would be so mad that she gave that piano um the what's um the key piano the, key. the piano key to um fucking sam neil instead of harvey Keitel. i would have been so mad because that's a classic like oh well, the kid fucked up but she's so good you know when She's seeing Sam Neill attack her mother and and yeah. she is going through it. It is a physical performance. They are throwing her around, grabbing her, shaking her, wanting like what is going on. Um, it's it's just truly astounding. Even just her on the beach doing cartwheels, running around as her mother plays the piano. You can really tell her and Holly Hunter have such a strong bond. Um we talked about what the piano is about. It's this woman. She gets married off, moves to New Zealand. She has a piano. It's it's her way of communicating. It's very it's a very sexy movie. I think Jane Campion's movies are almost always very sexy. Yeah, but, but like in a, such a I don't know, like earthy, real way. Yeah. Uh, is it is it possible? Are they do the words mean too similar of a thing to be like it's it's sexy in a sensual way? Because that's what like there's I mean, it's the thing like I don't I don't I don't want to get all like men are from Mars, women are from Venus uh, for this, but it's very female yes. forward and like well, the, the this movie is sensual. It's not horny. Like this movie isn't yeah. horny, even though there's a lot of sex in it. I mean, my God, Harvey Keitel. <laughs> Yeah. If we're talking body, like the way he's naked and walking around that piano and the piano is like, barely covering his like pubic zone, I was like, oh, is he going to fuck this piano? Like it is crazy. <laughs> and he um, did. He, he fucked the he, piano. And then he fucked that piano. Um, <laughs> no, but it's to to little Anna's performance, it it is just a st- – I was watching it and I was like, my goodness, because she has to do so much work because Holly Hunter is mute, you know? Yeah. And so she is... Yeah, because she's the she's the other apparatus for Holly Hunter's voice other yeah. than the piano. And Holly Hunter did teach her sign language on, on set. So. Yeah, and, and she's communicating her mother's feelings, but filtering it through this, like, tiny human being. She's annoyed a lot. She's, you know... She wants to have fun. She's try. She there's a scene where she's like having fun with the Maori kids, and Sam Neil's like, "Absolutely not. You're not yeah. one of them." And she's like, "I'm just a fucking kid. I don't know what the fuck's going on." I know I'm supposed to 
Josephine's can't play the piano. You'll miss some here. She never gives them a turn. She just plays what she pleases. And sometimes she doesn't play at all. When's the next lesson? Tomorrow. I love the moment where she's, like, trying to teach the, like, other British ladies, like, sign language and, like, how to communicate with her mom. Um, yeah, I I love the way that she's never judging her mom in this movie. She's always on her side, even though when they do have disagreements and she's like, I don't know if we should be doing that. I just think it's truly astounding. I don't think I've ever seen a movie for this show where I'm so taken by a child actor the way that this um, this movie got me, gal. <laughs> We finally did it. We've, we found the one kid actor you like. And she's a 41-year-old woman. It's crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. Wow. Success. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Gavin? Uh mine and I know you're I know you're going to disagree with me with this, but I mean, I th- I think it's 2011's Margaret. And I think specifically uh, I I will be of of no I have no illusion that this is a film for everybody. I think this is a film for film snobs. Yeah. And I think that's true. And I think most of them would probably agree with me about how good it is. It is really good. It's frustrating, though. It is. And it's long. I've I've seen both cuts. I prefer the three-hour cut. What um, what did he add in the the three-hour cut? There's a there's a lot of stuff added. There's some more high school scenes. There's a little more with um Kieran Culkin. Uh, he disappears after they fuck. I forgot. Anyways, I, I feel like Margaret is uh, uh, something that we uh, we didn't actually describe the plot of, but essentially, um, she plays Lisa in it, and she's a seventeen year old um, girl who lives in Manhattan. One day, she's she's essentially distracting this Manhattan bus driver played by Mark Ruffalo because she wants to know where he got his hat, and he runs a red light and crashes into Alice and Janney. Mm-hmm. And Lisa, feeling this overwhelming guilt about what she's done stays with Alice and Janney as she dies. Um, Alice and Janney's like asking for her daughter, who's awesome. What a Lisa. tough scene. That's, yeah. I, she's I, so I, fucking good at it too. Alice and Janney's so good at it. As I was watching that scene, I was like, this must have been fucking hell to shoot. Yeah. Because it's, she's covered in blood. They're yeah. all covered in blood. And most filmmakers, I think would be like crashed, died, move along. Like, yeah. Not, this lingers. On, she, we see she she dies in her arms. She literally says the scariest thing in the world. She says, everything is black. Are my eyes open or closed? And and, and Lisa Anna says, Packman. yeah, says they are open. <laughs> Alice and Jenny just goes, I don't think I'm going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, yeah. and it's not funny. It's horrific. Horrifying. But, just think, but thinking about it back at it, it's just like, Jesus Christ. What's well, also um, because moments like that, I think movies dramatize them to be very like neat. Yeah. And like this scene specific, because they have already called 911, but Anna Paquin still is screaming, can someone please fucking call an ambulance? Yeah. And the guy says they're on their way. And she's like, she, as a normal human would, stumbles through well, they're not here and she's dying. So maybe we should call them again to tell them like to get there faster, right. which is a psychotic thing to say. But there is no rationality in the moment. Right. Like, hello, Absolutely. Like, yeah. And um, 
you know, and then and then she just sort of has to go back to her her normal life. Um, she's in high school. Uh, she lives with her mom. Her mom is an actress, so her mom is like constantly getting all this attention. And it, it's interesting because you truly feel this this guilt of this girl who's like growing up. Um, but also, part of it does feel a little like. Does she want the same attention? Like, is this the big drama of her life? I mean, that scene, there's a scene that culminates where essentially she feels, she tells the police that it was a green light. And then the guilt of that, plus going to go see Mark Ruffalo and realizing he's maybe not the person she thought he was, um, makes her go back to tell the police that it actually was a red light. And she ends up starting a lawsuit with Allison Janney's friend, and there's a scene very late in the film where Alice and Janney's friend is like, who the fuck are you? Like, why are you here? What do you want? I don't give a fuck what you believe in. Oh my God, why are you so mad at me? Because this is not an opera. What? I said, this is not an opera. You think I think this is an opera? Yes. Because I think it's dramatic. I think you're very young. What does that have to do with anything? If anything, I think it means I care more than someone who's older because this kind of thing has never happened to me before. No. It means you care more easily. There's a big difference. Only it's not you that it's happening to. Yes, it is. I, I, I know I'm not the one who was run over by a bus. That's right, but... you weren't. And you're not the one who died of leukemia, and you're not the one who just died in an earthquake in Algeria. But you will be. You understand me? You will be. And it's not dramatic. I'm well aware of that. And this first blush, bony deepness of yours is worth nothing. Oh, Do you wow. understand? It's not worth anything. Because it'll all be trailed over in a month or two, and then when you get older and you don't have a big reaction every time a dog is run over, then we'll find out what kind of person you are. It's my favorite scene in the movie. I think Anna Paquin's so good in it because she doesn't know what she wants. She's a, she's just a fucking teenager. She's yeah. literally trying to figure everything out. And is it guilt? Is it yeah something else? And she misuses it, the word strident. Yes, and and the way she's like. She's like, I'm sorry, I misused the word. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't know why you're yelling at me. I just try to tell you that I feel like shit. Like, and, right. and and this woman is like, this isn't about you. My friend fucking died. Right. Whatever, whatever you're dealing with is irrelevant. <laughs> it is. It, it. Yeah. It's all these scenes are very tough. Listen, I, I don't want to sugarcoat her existence because she is living like kind of a, a high class life. But also she she has a father who clearly doesn't want to see her. She has a teacher who she has an affair with, played by Matt Damon. Um, in the longer cut, her mother does take her to go get an abortion. It doesn't come out of nowhere because there's a scene at the end where she like, I had an abortion. And in the shorter cut, it kind of feels like. What? Why did she say that? Like, yeah. Why? Yeah, you don't you don't know if she's lying or not, right? And and that ambiguity does lead more to like, is this a fiction that she's? But I think in putting that in in the longer cut, it like adds to more like literal stress on her that like, oh, she actually did do this. Her mother does know about this, and yeah, I mean, I think like the interesting thing is. A less ambitious movie would be like, this is a story about guilt and how she's feeling like up and downs of right. guilt. This movie is that, but also on top of that, she is like, she invites Kieran Culkin to come fuck because she wants to lose her virginity. Even though this movie is not for me, like, she is very good. Um, and they, she has so many good scenes in this movie. It is wild to me that 
it came out like what six seven years after it was shot yeah nonsense we've talked about margaret for too long i do think it's a really beautiful movie but it is a challenging film and i can totally understand like i'm not gonna win the poll whatever i don't care but i i do recommend seeing it if you've not seen it yeah i mean it's it it will take your brain places and yeah and even if you're not along for the ride of like all the heady stuff the her performance like in the piano is astounding like it's a true showcase for the what I what I my favorite thing about Anna Paquin is that she is able to showcase the variety and complexities of what it is to be a woman, what it is yeah. to be a, what it is to be a young girl, um, and she's been like even though she has not had like banger after banger after banger, like we've been able to see her grow up and showcase like being a young girl, being a young woman, being a like you know a mother. She's had the space to showcase all these things, and it's these complexities that I don't think a lot of people get to do. And so, you know, um, I guess that's like a really good little a segue into our fast forward because hopefully we get to see more. True. But before we get into our fast forward, why don't we do our mixed reviews review? My one star review was 2013 straight A's. And my one star review was 2007's Blue State. Real quick. Why is the movie called straight A's? Do we know? I don't know. There's no- genuinely don't know. Yeah, okay, great. Um, my five-star review is 1993's The Piano. And my five-star review is 2011's Margaret. All right, let's get into the fast forward. We are not a TV podcast, and so we did not really touch on the variety of TV projects that uh, Anna Paquin has been doing. She just, you know, she just did uh, A Friend of the Family, which was a mini series. Um, she did Flack for a two, year or two. Two, two seasons, yeah, yeah. Two seasons that she was also an executive producer on. Um, she did the TV show Bellevue uh, that she was also an executive producer on. So she's like spreading that stuff thin. I will say the two most recent films that I mentioned, not the A Bit of Light because no one's seen it yet other than people at festivals, but American Underdog and True Spirit. I hope... Those are done for money, because if not, we're in danger, girl. Yeah, these projects are so beneath yes. somebody that's this talented. Yes, and I like I can just see her being like, okay, I'll do the fucking religious football movie because there'll be some money in it, and I'll do the uplifting like because like I I'm doing these in place of doing like a Marvel film. What's wild to me is that I can't believe she did American Underdog because Kurt Warner is a crazy Christian person and she is a very outspoken like ally to our community and I do and part not of the get community. Yes, yes. And also Zachary Levi has shown his full ass. Right. To- he hadn't yet and I I will give her that and <laughs> right. like Zachary Levi is um he's all the fears that we had about Chris Pratt. Um, yes, yes. But more. But and, more. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I agree. I have no idea why. Right. And it's and it's not a good movie. It's literally like literally it's it's movie its biggest shame is like at one point he applies to bag groceries. Oh, because no. because literally Christian conservatives can think of nothing more shameful than being poor. Yeah. Literally, they're like, the hardest thing in the world is that that you might have to do something extra. And like, I there's literally a scene where he basically has to be like, 
I don't know why God would give me this dream and then not let me have it. And it's like, I... Uh, Talk to, like, any fucking person who does not have access to, like, the wonders of life that you... Right. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, my God. Um, yeah. I, I, I am hopeful that those two movies are not indicative of what is to come. It does feel like she doesn't have a lot of interest in like being in the Hollywood game right. of it all. Cause it does feel like if she, it seems like she's very much interested in like doing stuff with her family. Yeah. Doing, making movies with Steven. Um, you know, she, we didn't talk a lot about her voice over work. She has done a no. lot of like voiceover stuff, which feels like checks, which I don't care. Great. Love that. Yeah. Cause um, I mean like her Pixar film is the good dinosaur. Nano. So like, um, but I, I think if she, and and this might just be because she didn't really plan on this life, right? But and this is all conjecture, but it feels like if she wanted to push harder to go after better roles, bigger roles, um, it feels like she's a little bit distracted. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, of, and and I and and there's an asterisk on that because obviously she is a woman because she is you know in her forties. So yes, I'm sure it's fucking hell. Of course it is. But I think that there are so many places now to be making any type of things that she wants to be making. Yes, um, truly. And, and I just don't think I can't. I I refuse to believe she wants to be making American Underdog and True Spirit. Yeah. Okay. And and maybe like fuck me because maybe like you know she tried and what she got was the fucking Irishman, um, which is not a bad movie but like thankless you know for yes. her, um, but and and so maybe she's like fuck that like I I did all that for like you know minutes of this three hour fucking movie. But she has said repeatedly once again she would do it again because yeah. it's Martin Scorsese. So like, yeah. And so I mean I, I think she just needs to like team up with a really great director again. Um, you know, I, it feels she's grabbing in the dark right now. Yeah. How is she not ended up in like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie? How has that not happened? I mean, with somebody with her career record of, of like Spielberg and Spike Lee and Jane Campion. And, and that's another really positive thing that I've, I've noticed about her. I, I was looking through her filmography and I was like, wow, she's worked with so many women filmmakers and in the end, she's done like 14 films with men or like 24 films with men and maybe six with female filmmakers. Mm-hmm. But that's way more than most of the people we ever cover. Yeah, and that yeah. says more about how women are allowed to make films right. than it does about her ability to work with them. Right. Um, I also think like I was thinking, you know, going back from True Spirit all the way to, oh, God, like... Almost famous. That's tw- twenty three years of filmmaking. I, nary a comedy in there. Nary, yeah. nary. Ro- like, I guess the romantics is like a little bit. Yeah, but she's not the like she's playing such a psycho that she's not the funny. And maybe she thinks that she spent so much time on True Blood playing kind of a, let's say it, an idiot. Uh-huh. <laughs> that like, um. That I maybe, just, she, you know, she 
feels she doesn't need it. But I I would love to see her in her comedy. Absolutely. Yeah, I think for me, um, even though I'm not a spooky bitch, like I would love to see her in a zombie movie. I would like, and maybe she's trying to stay away from genre because of True Blood. But I <laughs> lean in, girl. Like I I I don't know. Like I think there's a reason why people fucking watched it. She's she's able to be campy. She's able to be fun. She um can live in the Buffy True Blood right. sci fi genre and, and thrive. And like, and like, listen, maybe selling out's not the right phrase that I'm looking for, but like, there are better ways to sell out than being in the conservative Christian football movie. Like, take that, take that small, you know, like indie superhero film. Take that, you know. It doesn't. Ha- it doesn't have to be a big, you know, Warner yeah. Brothers Disney yeah. thing. It can be something smaller, but there, there's still a better way to do it than to. I think. I think also, <laughs> if there's one thing Tell to the Bees taught us is that she is very sexy. Also, yes. Like, and when the chemistry is right, it is very right. And so, I would love to see her in just like adult dramas. You know, with some passion, um, heartbreak, uh, because she's she's just so good. I think of the like Margaret and the piano both are very dramatic movies. Yeah, v- very complicated feelings, layers of things going on, um, and she can. I think that's her superpower. She can handle these very complex emotions and she can emote so well um, and be so physical. Um, yeah. I, 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 number one, don't want her only horror movie to be trick or treat. Um, and like the 10 minutes of scream, like and, and the 10 minutes of open house. Right. Yeah. Like I, she should be a finer girl. Like, yeah. Yeah. I she agree. should period. Um, yeah. I think that's sort of, you know, I, I feel like that's a, a good place to leave her, in that we both just want better because we know because i think i think what we're sort of getting at is for every american underdog true spirit you know that she does it it flattens her it flattens Mm -hmm. her in a way that's like unfair because she's so good and she should be thought of as the powerhouse that she truly is Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and i don't know but but once again i do think part of it does go back to that idea that like this wasn't going to be her life. Yeah. And and she, so she should be comic book rogue, not movie rogue. Yeah. And if you think otherwise, tell it to the bees, hon. <laughs> and if you do want to tell it to the bees, you can always find those bees on our Twitter at, at the mixed reviews. Honey, we are all the bees knees over on Facebook. Just type in the mixed reviews. You can always email us at reviews at gmail.com. Buzz buzz. What's that? Yeah, we're on Instagram at the underscore mix underscore reviews. I'm keeping the bit going. <laughs> I, I can tell. I can tell. Bzz, and if you... What's that sound of buzzing? <laughs> oh, it's us <laughs> on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, all the places. <laughs> Do you want to listen to our dulcet honey tones? You can find us on a plethora of podcast app. We're everywhere. And if you want to make sure that other people can hear our show, stop by especially if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star rating, write us a little review. Also, just tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best way that this stuff gets spread around, but really, the iTunes thing does help our visibility. But, you know, come come to us any way you can. Yeah, get that sweet, sweet honey 
honeys. <laughs> um, until next time, thank you so much for listening. Good pot and good night. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. And did you know she also plays the cello, but not in a movie as far as we know. Hey, and always crunching your face that way.